I'm Molly O'Connor. And I'm Sarah Connell Sanders. And you're listening to Pop It. This is the podcast for popping questions, poppy bottles, and pop culture. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Molly. I'm really excited for today's episode. Well, I had a few people tell me recently that they liked our storytelling episodes. Yeah. And I think in general, like, that's a great podcast format, right? Like, the that type of, like, back and forth. We love, um, like, you're wrong about, I feel like they tell mm-hmm. us stories. I used to listen to a lot crime. of my favorite murder. Yep. Yeah. This is a less serious, these are less serious crimes than murder. Right. But local. And also just, like, crimes are crimes. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Rudy Giuliani has done many of them. Like, crimes are crimes. We want to hear about them. People love the 411. Oh, so fascinating. But then I typically can remove myself from the situation. But here I do want to continue to remind myself that these are real people from our community. Yes. Which makes it even more compelling. Who have done crimes. Crimes. I don't know. Yeah, it's just, it's, yeah. And we're going to try to keep it, like, real, right? Um, minimum speculation. <laughs> and the cool thing is, I remember watching this particular story unfold yes. in real time. So From what have, I know. Like, all the information together in one place is so crazy. Yeah. So part of the reason I'm excited is that Sarah reminded me a little bit of what it was. She kind of was like, can we do this? And I remember it, but like, there's a lot that I don't know. And then I purposely was like, I'm going to go in not exactly remembering all of it and i want you to ask me a lot of questions because i do have a ton of information here yeah. uh luke valancourt who was the man at the helm of mass foodies yes he and i followed this story so closely just on like a text chain we would go back and yeah. forth and be like oh did you see this detail did you see that detail and we always planned to do something with it but his website was really classy and we didn't want to like write smut so i feel like <laughs> he said i said is it cool if i do this with molly and he's like oh my god go ahead i cannot wait to listen yeah so, this one's for you luke yes <laughs> we love you all right. So this is the story of a convicted restaurateur who tried to get a piece of Worcester's restaurant renaissance and failed. And this is like why we both remember it because it was like right, I think like before the big crescendo of like restaurants popping, like hundreds, right? It's like, it was like right as this was sort of starting maybe a couple years ago, yeah. a couple summers ago. It unfolded over a period of time. So we'll start early and yeah. work our way through, but yes. it is, it's interesting that it happened right when I started to write more about food. We both became more involved in the local hospitality scene. Yep. So they're familiar players. Yes. Um, speaking of which, I'm going to go through the characters and I have pictures for you and I want you to describe for our <laughs> listeners like maybe um, an actor that they look like or yeah. just, you know, give the general Like the aura. vibe. So the main character of the story is Kevin Perry. Kevin Perry was the owner of The Usual and the Blackstone Tap. Mm-hmm. He also owned a lot of real estate. But <laughs> apart from being a very brief local real estate tycoon, he had quite the record. And so it didn't last for long. Interesting. So... This is him, and this is him and his wife, Stacy. to give you So, to me, this man looks like if you took Joey Gladstone from Full House and Toby from The Office and made one person's face. He, like, looks sort of like an everyman, but, like, a little bit like he could be up to something. And when we get the full body shot, he's giving me real CrossFit vibes. Yeah. In the, so, we, so, our first photo here is just, like, a headshot, and he looks like... What, whatever. Kind the guy of just might like, buy real estate from like him. A, yeah, he looks like a nice enough guy. But yes, I would say definitely once we get to 
Um, once you scroll down a little bit, he's giving me like not even just crossword, just like general hyper masculine, like aggro vibes. A little weird. Yeah. And yeah. then, so this is Kevin and his wife, Stacy Gala. Okay. Stacy's in her 20s. Um, she eventually gets put in charge of all the restaurants, especially when he ends up in jail. Uh-huh. And this particular picture, I didn't realize until I posted it here, but it lists his profession as head of security at Jose Murphy's, which was an old Worcester bar. Yes. And then this says, life is a beach. We are just playing in the sand, looking to be romantically involved with another female in our relationship. I was about to say, as you were scrolling down, I was like, is this a Tinder account? Or it, it looks like a dating app. So I should take this opportunity to say, my sources come from three places. Mm-hmm. First is Telegram and Gazette. That's the paper I write for. It's pretty boring. All their articles are very, very factual. Boring was the wrong word. Um, it, it's very yeah, factual, we can well say, reported. Yeah. yeah, it's a news. It's a newspaper. The juiciest coverage of this was from Mass Live. They kept really close tabs on how the story was unfolding, yeah. and they have some excellent, excellent coverage. Yeah. Well done, especially Mass Melissa Live. Hansen. Yeah, Mass Live too. Yeah, Melissa and Melissa in particular. I think they do a really good job of walking that line of like getting juicy stuff and getting really good. Not like gossip, but just like information that people want to know. But then also like being, you know, on the reputable side. Right. Perceived not, not purely. Outlet. Yeah, absolutely. And then finally, we've got some resources here from Turtle Boy. Do you want to explain who Turtle Boy is? Oh my goodness. Turtle Boy Sports, not to be confused with Turtle Boy the statue, mm-hmm. um, is a like local ugh, trash can website that got a lot of traction a few years ago because they posted a video of a bus driver, I think, misbehaving. I think that's when it started. Um, really gained momentum. Yes, yes. It wasn't, yes, there had been posts before that, but there was one that kind of blew up, and then from there, this <laughs> alleged mystery person who runs it got attention on Deadspin for, like, something in a Buffalo Bills game. Yeah, he got kicked out for making a lewd gesture. Yes, yes. and so... It's as it's unfolded though, it's come to light where like it kind of started as more of just like a local like it seemed at first like maybe everyone would be the targets of this stuff, and it's really really turned into sort of like a schlocky, racist, sexist like it's not great. Yeah, I'm okay with you poking fun at local politicians and digging yes, for dirt. Absolutely, um, but I got kind of nervous as it became more and more like let's dig through Facebook for poor people to make fun of. Yeah. Absolutely. And, right, exactly. There's there's a space in every city for an alt-weekly vibe, yes. right, where people are taking, you know, city leaders to task for any given thing because it's like transparency, et cetera, et cetera. But, yes, it, it becomes a very different thing when it turns into what it has. It feels classist. But also, I mean, it, in no way do we perceive the gentleman who's running the site to be – taking on a sophisticated voice. You know, he's no. he's poking fun at people mm-hmm. with unfortunate circumstances. Yeah. Now, with that said, he's also a member of our community, you know, and he's a guy I knew growing up and respected a lot. And um, this, it, it got more and more disappointing to me as I felt like he was really taking advantage of, of others in our community. Yeah, and I think it also just, it just coincided the rise of this website coincided with the rise of like Trumpism right and like I think it really sort of you can you could trace it and be like oh yeah these things started happening at the same time so I think he also just took advantage of that 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 potential audience 
Now, with that said, his coverage of this particular story about Kevin Perry, I found fascinating. Yeah. And it was a nice added layer where he really did dig and do some investigative work to get to the bottom of some of the things that didn't make sense in the Telegram and Gazette coverage, you know, because it was interesting. things that they would have to run by a thousand attorneys. Yeah. And that's like we said, like when it started, it did seem like that was the direction it was going to go and is maybe it was going to be more just like doing that digging of like stuff that was going on mm-hmm. and maybe just kind of evolved into something different. So we've got Kevin Perry, who we know comes to own a couple of restaurants in Worcester that we all have visited before. His 20-something wife, Stacy Gala, whom he puts in charge when he lands in prison. Mm-hmm. There's the manager, Joseph Herman. And this becomes somebody that Gala, Perry's wife, starts confiding in once he goes to jail. Mm-hmm. Um, Joseph Herman is also a silent partner of a restaurant called The Hangover Pub. Do you want to give like a little... One minute on the Hangover Pub. The Hangover Pub is a local restaurant that is still, you know, going strong. Still going. It's sort of, it's whole, like, little shtick is that everything is bacon. And that's why it's called the Hangover Pub, because they were like, oh, it's bacon brunch, it's bacon drinks, it's bacon everything. And I think it's now just, like, general pub food. But, I, what, that like, as they started, they were like, yeah. all the things are bacon. Um, and it definitely has a crowd of, like, loyal mm-hmm. folks who go there. Yeah. Um, still kicking. And so... Joseph Herman is one of the silent partners, and then Chris Levinskis is also a silent partner at the Hangover Pub. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to show you our two final characters. There's really just four characters in yes. the story that make a big impact. Oh my goodness! This is the manager, Joe, Joe. Herman. Okay. What like who would you compare him to? The Varsity Blues, the actual movie Varsity Blues. The kid, like the the really big guy. He looks exactly like it's this teen movie about a football team, and there's one kid, Ron Lester, who is in it, who's just like a really big, hefty guy. Oh, he plays Billy Bob. He plays a character named Billy Bob, and he kind of just has that, like, the vibe. Like, mm-hmm. that, like, just, like, high school football player vibe. Definitely. Very, very, like, solid looking. And then we have Chris Levinskis, the other silent partner of the Hangover Pub. Yep. You see him here on the left. Okay. But can you describe this picture? He's in a church, yep. first of all, um, with a member of clergy, That's I would right. Guess. This is St. Bernard's Church mm-hmm. on Lincoln Street, and that is his brother, Slavinskis' brother. Oh, interesting. Is the clergyman at that yes. church. And he's a very, he looks like, you know, kid next door. Blonde hair, he looks like corn-fed, just like, nice, you know. <laughs> like that. He just looks like a, yeah, he just looks like a guy. Normal guy, this this person. I would say he's like the most like nondescript or like at, like just like he looks like a dude. All right, so Kevin Perry, he first starts serving time in Massachusetts in 1991. <laughs> what? In 2002, he's then indicted for conspiracy to manufacture and possess with the intent to distribute MDMA. Uh, that's Molly. That's like yeah, that's Ecstasy? just yeah, that's all kinds of yeah. And he's sentenced to 94 months. So do we know what the first like charge was was it probably drug related possession of controlled substances larceny and so okay. things escalate i know he had a really troubled childhood which he talks about a lot during the trial um he struggled with fentanyl for a long time yeah and this is like a very that's a very common thing especially right now but also right when you grow up in that way it's it's very hard to get out of the cycle of drugs and controlled substances and stuff like that yeah, so I definitely have empathy for him. And thinking about the podcast through our lens, yeah, I want to think a lot about Stacey Gala and mm-hmm. how she got wrapped up in this as we go on. Yes. 
Um, but yes, yeah, so 2004, he's in prison and he strikes up a friendship with this guy named Guillermo Vasco, who was charged with rape of his wife. And he has started to hatch a plan to actually kidnap or kill his daughter, whom he believed to be a witness to this crime. Aha. Uh-huh. And so Perry decides that, you know, he's going to use this information to his advantage, and he strikes up a deal with the Department of Justice. So this comes from Mass Live. It says, Vasco told Perry that he wanted his daughter kidnapped and taken to a different country, but if that was impossible, he wanted her killed as well, the appeals court decision said. Oh, my goodness. So I'm wondering here if Kevin was kind of thinking it two ways. One, as, like, a human person, like, it's the right thing to do to be like, oh, I heard this guy say this. Gonna kill his daughter. Seems bad, right? And then also, like, on the flip side, being like, how can I use this to my advantage? But I do have to wonder, just, like, knowing so far what we know, was he kind of just thinking about it also where it's like, oh, this is alarming, you know? Yeah, as it should be. Especially if you, like, you know, if your own childhood was tough, you might have that instinct. And when he leverages this information to get a deal, he then develops the reputation as a snitch, and he earns the nickname The Rat in prison. Oh, no. So, (laughs) he shall henceforth be known as The Rat. Yikes. Um, But he's able to get out of jail after informing the Department of Justice in 2005 about this murder plot. Mm -hmm. He's released in 2008. And he gets a job at a gym. Now, his reported monthly income is $4,800. He's a fitness trainer, and that is his sole income. A month? A month, yes. That is so much money for someone who just got out of prison. That's a lot of money. It's like nearly $60,000 a year. But it's even more puzzling when a year later, or I'm sorry, three years later, he creates Second Win Investments. Uh, a real estate company and makes a transfer of nearly hundred thousand dollars to the business. So, so he he is gets out of prison, gets a job, which is like great. People should be able to work if when they get out of prison. Mm-hmm. Um, but within three years, you're telling me that he had he had one hundred thousand dollars like to his name, like yeah. as part of his worth. Right. That is a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> and yeah, so yeah. It, it just, it raises questions, right? Sure. It doesn't seem Absolutely. like if he is doing something that's illegal, he's not being very careful about it. Right. I guess is yes. What I thought. And at this time too, you know, there's another individual in our city who owns a gym and owns restaurants. These are two things that Kevin Perry has become really interested in. And so he goes to Mike Covino as a mentor. Will you explain who Mike Covino is? Yes, yeah, so the Niche Restaurant Group is pretty prolific, I would say. And especially in Worcester, they are known for having like a lot of space, right? A lot of volume. So they, you guys, anyone listening here has been to a Niche property before. It's like Mezcal, Bocado, right? Mm-hmm. If you had ever gone to The Citizen or Still and Stir, those are Niche Restaurant Group restaurants as well. So like, it's a pretty... Um, it's like a mainstay. That group is a mainstay here in Worcester, I would say. Yeah, and Covino, what a nice guy, says, you yeah. know, this Kevin Perry seems to be struggling. I also came up as an athletic trainer. Mm-hmm. Now I own all these restaurants. Sure, sure, I'll be your mentor. Right. So the amount of real estate holdings that Perry owns increases and increases in the next few years. 
And at that time, he's able to show, you know, well, I'm an upstanding citizen and my career is successful right now. Mm -hmm. So he files a motion in 2012 for the early termination of his probation. And to do that, I don't know why this detail just really stuck out to me, but he mails a copy of the Dean's List, which he was on at Quinsigamon Community College as part of his application. I thought that was so sweet. It is. And and at this point, like, I mean, it really does seem, outside of the, like, kind of crazy amount of money that he was able to make somehow in three years, like, I've been working for so many years and I never went to prison and (laughs) I have not been able to save up that much money. Maybe that speaks to also his ability to get people to trust him with their assets. Yep. Because his clients and his boss – from Evolve Fitness, where he's a personal trainer, they all vouch for him too. Right, and at this point, I mean, I think that's fair, right? It sounds to me like, just from what you're telling me at face value, it sounds like this person like genuinely went through this stuff, got out, and then was like, all right, let's let's go legit. He gets a generous bank loan too, and I do wonder, you know, as somebody with a record Mm -hmm. like his, I, I was surprised that he'd be able to get a loan like that. Yep. So that's a, qu- a question I continue to have. Um, but Mike Covino actually appears before the License Commission in 2016 wow. with Perry's wife, Stacey Gala, in order to help him get a liquor license for his restaurant, The Usual. Now, is this because it's, it is like a particularly difficult process to obtain a liquor license? It's because he has a drug record okay a yep. drug conviction yes. and so he's ineligible to get the license so they've oh. got stacy gala there and then covino's there kind of to guide them through the process and right. vouch for them so he can't get it under his own name correct okay this yeah that makes yeah sense. and so stacy gala becomes really valuable because she's yeah. the one with her name on the liquor license yeah. but absolutely. that also means she's at fault if something should go wrong yeah so she's liable yeah absolutely so he's ready to open this restaurant on Shrewsbury Street. Molly, when you think Shrewsbury Street, what do you think? <laughs> Funky Murphy's? <laughs> I think of just like crowd, like crowds in restaurants. And I think of like when you are just trying to figure out where to go and you can't think of something, you're like, well, let's do something on Shrewsbury Street, right? Yeah. It's just there's like, they call it Restaurant Row. Yeah. And there's a, there's a lot there. Walkable, great it's, light. It's very walkable. It's also... Um, and it hasn't been so much recently, which I think is a good thing. There was a little while there where there were certain buildings and certain properties that were like, all, it seemed like something new was always popping up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that way, it can be a little exciting. What's new? I'm glad you said that too, because that's an important point. The usual was Mezcal, yes. which was one of Mike Covino's first restaurants. Mezcal. Then it was The Fix, which is another one of Mike Covino's restaurants. Oh, yes. And then... I think the usual came in after that. There might have even been something in between. That sounds about right. But we always would joke that that space was cursed because it turned over so much. And the usual itself, which was his restaurant, Mm -hmm. I might be jumping the gun here, but just to like, Mm -hmm. it, that was the, the like kind of had a gimmick, right? Which was that the, it was the usual, but the menu was going to change. That's the the chameleon. Okay. Yeah. And the, the usual, usual is just like sandwiches. Pub. Oh, that's it. Sandwiches. It was yes. All sandwiches. Okay. Um, and I don't know. I had a pretty good meal there at least once. I don't remember that well. <laughs> I did eat there one time. I think it was fine. I don't think it was bad. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, it was a sandwich shop. And it was a nice sandwich shop so you could go have sangria outside, watch all the people walking by in Shrewsbury yeah, they Street. Have, it's one of those, a, a lot, uh, there's a few places on Shrewsbury Street that have those cool, like, big windows that you can mm-hmm. pop open. It was one of those, which is cool. So before Stacy has the liquor license signed in her name, 
they get married in August of 2015. According to authorities, Perry purchased 69 money orders for $48,000 to use them to pay for the Newport Hyatt Regency Hotel for the wedding. What? Okay, so wait. Can you describe? I have a bunch of questions. Okay, Hold on. So... Well, first of all, this is more, the first one is a comment, which is I just love the fact that you like ta- you you introduce the the wedding and then you say according to authorities, which is never a good sign that that's the next sentence that you say. Um, I didn't know. Can you take out money? Can you take out a ton of money orders as? It sounds like basically as like a lo- as like a loan almost. He did right. Right. So there must be. I mean, some sort of loan shark that. Yeah would come after you. I mean, yes. I, I don't know. I just can't imagine getting someone to trust you with that much money. But look at her. Wouldn't you take out Oh, yeah, no, they look great. Orders? The Oh, yeah, it looks beautiful. I mean, like, just the photo looks beautiful, a little dress. This is, like, this is, like, our setup here. Yeah, it looks mm-hmm. like, I mean, this looks like a wedding that I went to on an island once. Yeah, it, it reminds me. What's like that the, Hulu wedding movie with the time travel? Palm Springs. Yeah, it kind of yeah. reminds me of the wedding in yep, Palm Springs. absolutely. It's, it's a wedding where... It looks like the kind of wedding that people who live in New England don't always get to go to, mm-hmm. I guess is the way I would describe it. Yes. Right? It looks, yeah, it looks great. We're looks not nice. in a VFW here. You know, yeah. this is like yep. it someone. Looks, yeah, we know, like, I mean, Newport is Newport. It's very right. beautiful. So, so it's a yacht club culture. Uh-huh. Yep. I just can't wrap my head around. First of all, it sounds like they took out 69 on purpose because <laughs> it's funny, right? They got 69 money orders for my wedding. But also, I just didn't know that you could take out money orders i whenever i think of money orders to me i just think of um the nick the old nickelodeon magazine commercials that were like ask your parents to send a money order oh, to send yeah. away for this right for slime yeah, or whatever. like sending away for stuff so that's interesting that that was how he went about paying for this wedding yeah well it seems a little less traceable maybe i mean yes. i don't know so can i ask yes are we going to find out why it is according to authorities? <laughs> We're about to find okay, out. Okay, cool. <laughs> so it doesn't take long. They have this huge wedding. He <laughs> has a lot of money in the bank. He's buying property after property. And, and this is just before or just after she gets the liquor license in her name? The wedding is just before. Okay. Yeah. So they get a married. Year before. She gets the liquor license. Yep. It's a huge thing. People are like, well, how did they pay for this? And then, I, and then okay. So he acquires also the Blackstone Tap, yep. which is on Water Street in yes. the Canal District, another up-and-coming neighborhood in Worcester. Yeah, and that that property is no longer Blackstone Tap, but at the time that it was, like, a thing, it was for people of a certain age, like, you know, either, like, still in college, just out of college, I would say, right? Like, 21 to 25-year-olds. Mm-hmm. For a few years there, like, if you went there on a Friday or Saturday, it was always chock full. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, like, a, you know, a bar. Like, it was a bar. Yeah. Um, but it was it was um, reliable that people would just always be there during Divey prime time. Divey bar, but, like, a place where all of the nurses would go yep. after their shift. Yep. Like, I knew a bunch of nurses that would go there. Absolutely. It had these after-work crowds especially, and then it had late nights. Friday, Saturday like crowds. The part, yeah, absolutely. It's not long he, before they realize, like, something is amiss. This is so <laughs> sloppy. He hasn't done a good job to cover his tracks. And so it comes to light right after they open the usual. Okay. That all of these purchases, all the real estate, including the usual and the Blackstone Tap, had been purchased with drug money. Oh, 
Okay. Whoa. Okay. So this. So at this point, including the wedding. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Okay. So <laughs> hold on. He gets married. Gets a liquor license for the usual. Mm-hmm. Also had around that time purchased Blackstone Tap mm-hmm. or like open Blackstone Tap. And then, like, within what, like, ye- like a little while, like, is it, like, a year or two years, something like that? It's less than a year. Okay. And so then it starts unfolding. I just wanted yeah. to make sure I had the timeline right. So okay, it cool. it seems like he was just going for broke. He was like, right. I'm going to just get away with as yeah. much as I can. And everyone knows that when you do a heist, you cannot spend the money for at least a year. If you, like, that's the rule <laughs> of Ocean's Eleven. They're like, don't, and then, you know, Rusty buys a convertible. You can't do that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Come on. It begs the question, right? They find in all of his properties silver, bars of silver, like a pirate or something. What? Like doomsday preppers. In tons of stashed cash at all the various properties. And we start to ask, like, at what point did Stacy realize during her storybook wedding or whatever that maybe this guy was not a straight shooter? Yes. How much did she know? Do we find out how much she knew? Well... We get a few answers along the way, but she has some less than redeeming moments, too. Oh, no. So Perry's in jail at this point. He goes on trial, and he cries when he's on the stand. But it's not super sympathetic. He's still got this reputation in prison as the snitch. So he doesn't want to go back to prison, right. obviously. They call I mean, I wouldn't him... want to go, period. But like... Right? Yes. The reporting on his demeanor calls him overeager. And then he just breaks down in tears and says his childhood demons have really impacted him and asks for forgiveness. Yeah. The world knows about his hard scrabble upbringing. He's asking for forgiveness. And meanwhile, Stacy Gala is left with this restaurant to manage. So she and Joe Herman. Who, who was the, the football player. Yeah. <laughs> we don't actually know if he was a football player, but quintessential He looks football. like a football guy. Yeah. yeah. They're in charge of the usual, and they decide or are required to relaunch with a yep. new concept yes. because the usual was purchased with drug money. So so that's interesting. So they were allowed to keep the, the space. The space. Yep. I imagine they had to purchase it. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. They, I don't think they had to, like, they I didn't have think, to vacate. Right. Interesting. Now, they already have management. They have a staff. Right. They, it's furnished. So they just rebrand, They rebrand. Yes. They're still at 166 Shrewsbury Street, the yep. cursed property, until now. Yeah. No um, longer, and it becomes something called the Chameleon. Yes. I have a story about the Chameleon, mm-hmm. which is that I had a plan to go to the Chameleon once with a friend of mine, and we parked we got out of the car. We said, wow, it looks dark. It had just opened. And we walked up to the restaurant, and it was closed, and there was a sign on the door. We were like, didn't this just open, mm-hmm. like, last week? So that was like, you know, that was my that was my only encounter with the chameleon. It was like, oh, it's a new concept. Let's check it out. Very short-lived. Yes. And their concept was that each season they would completely change the menu so that, like, in the summer, it would be a Mexican-themed menu. Yeah. And in the fall, it would be um, a Swedish menu. I don't know. Whatever, yeah. Actually, the one time I went, yeah, I had, like, schnitzel and, like... Like, Oktoberfest. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So, <laughs> people are looking to Stacy and saying, how much did she know? Is she a pawn? Is she a mastermind? What's going on? Right. 
And on top of that, Kevin Perry, her husband, is furious that they've moved on without him. He's not happy about this new concept at all. Wait. It's tearing him apart. So she has to do this because of, or as far as we know, right, like his actions. Mm -hmm. She comes up with something, like probably scrambles whatever, puts something together, Mm -hmm. and he's mad at her? Yeah, so he starts posting on Facebook from prison all these nasty, nasty things about her. This is some of the Turtle Boy stuff, too, where he did a good job digging and taking screenshots and everything. All I'll say right now is just there was some bad blood. Kevin Perry is not pleased that his wife is thriving. Interesting. And it catches up with her pretty quick. So Uh, Joe Herman and Stacey Gala are indicted in May 2017. So remember, they got their liquor license for the usual in August 2016. Yep. By May of 2017, they've already gone through two restaurants, and now these two are getting indicted. Oh, boy. Perry had told Gala that he had hidden $260,000 in a self-storage locker in Northbridge, and the money consisted of drug proceeds. She knew this, and this was included Uh, in the indictment. He should have given her plausible deniability. Is that when you're married to someone? No, it's when you... You keep you purposely like withhold information from someone mm. so that they can then say I didn't know about this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Jake, if you're ever planning to commit a crime, I don't want to know anything. Yes, you have. <laughs> yeah, keep keep us in the dark. I'm involved. I'm included in this. So in the indictment, it says Gala told Herman about the money, and eventually Herman and another individual identified as C.S. <gasps> removed over two hundred thousand dollars from the self storage locker in which Perry had concealed the drug proceeds prior to his arrest. And the government then seizes all the properties. Now, do you remember a CS from this story? Is that is that my dude from the beginning? Chris? That's oh, yeah. Right. I was trying to remember. I was like, Chris. So he was the one you saw pictured with the with clergy. With the clergy. <laughs> Did he? How? Wait, okay, so hold on. I had a question about <laughs> Stacy before any of this. Oh, what did he want her to do with that money? Like, pay someone to bust him out of prison? I have so many questions about just, like, why he even bothered with it. That's a great question. Because at this point, like, wouldn't you just serve the time and get it over with? Yeah. And I know Herman and Slavinskis both have children at home. You know, like, just getting Uh, mixed up in all this, it becomes messy really, really fast. It almost sounds like... It's, it does, it is starting to sound like a movie, right? Like these are characters, it sounds like a Coen Brothers movie. Like these characters are getting like wrapped up in like crimes on crimes and it's like people with families and they're like, oh, I guess this is my life now. Like what is going on? So we should say that Herman and Slavinskis are no longer involved in the Hangover pub, but Slavinskis, his name appears on the original liquor license for that restaurant. So now we're tying in another restaurant To this whole debacle, we've got the usual, the Blackstone Tap, and the Hangover Pub all starting to kind of come together in this web of lies. I remember when the Hangover Pub briefly lost their liquor license and they were (laughs) no longer really a pub for a little while. Here's something suspect that I feel like hasn't really been dug into very much by the local press. They find... A toolbox filled with money, the drug money from Kevin Perry, and it's hidden in a church. Guess what church? Is it the church where his brother is a clergy? It is. So how long was he involved in this? That's a very good question. This is crazy. Yeah, and I mean, 
allegedly, yes, the clergyman doesn't didn't know, right? And so, did they take advantage of him? Right. Was he like, oh, I need to? Who knows what goes? Who knows what people allow to go on in churches, right? <laughs> At any rate. Slavinskis' story about hiding Perry's drug money in a church on Lincoln Street comes out. Oh my gosh. $20,000 of the money, it turns out, was spent in Atlantic City by Slavinskis and Herman, who brought two women with them. So they just, like, go to have a gambling a gambling holiday, it yeah, sounds like. Yeah, with the drug money, it just feels awfully this is, risky. Wait, is this just $20,000 of it? Or, yeah, okay, 20000 yes, right, it's that chunk. It. Okay. So, <laughs> at this point... Perry starts just going hog wild on Facebook from prison. He's writing all these nasty things about Stacey Gala. And oh he claims God. that she has been cheating on him with Herman. You know, our Don, football Don friend. Herman, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, with Joseph, Joseph Herman. Joseph, I knew it was a J name. Okay. Uh, who is married, and this is all very hurtful. And also, it's becoming really public, because now you've got the press involved. Yeah. Girls like us have fallen the story. Right. This sounds like... This is this is exciting. <laughs> Frankly. He pens this emotional plea on Facebook from prison, saying, like, how could Stacey do this to me? And with my manager, nonetheless, you know? And, like, we know about him that he is a he is one of those people, which, like, this tends to happen with, I think, people who do stuff like this, that who can get people to believe him and follow him mm-hmm. for some reason. There's, like, something about him that people are, like, have gone along with in his life. Charisma. Sure. Yep. And a lot of times people that did have childhood trauma become people pleasers and they know how yes. to like tap into your emotional intelligence. Absolutely. Because that was something they had to do for survival. But that makes me worry like for her safety. Like no matter what mm-hmm. her involvement here, it doesn't sound like she deserves this at all, right? Like this mudslinging. And so there's one thing that he can't out charisma his way wait that's not the best word you can't out <laughs> my to quote my favorite line from jingle all the way starring arnold schwarzenegger and phil hartman phil hartman's character looks at him and says you can't bench press your way out of this one howard exactly there's no talking his way out of <laughs> yes, a lie detector you can't bench test. press his way out of this one so they give him a lie detector exam and it shows that he is deceptive interesting yeah well could, can you technically talk your way out of a lie detector test though like if you know how to do it. I guess so, but he's not very <laughs> yes, smart. he's not. So the final verdict finds him guilty, and he's sentenced to 14 years in federal prison. The rat oh is back in the slammer. Oh, my goodness. And at that point, Perry files for divorce. So I want to Probably show Probably good for both of them. Yeah. I want to show you this picture of them. Oh, man. Do you want to describe it for the, uh, for the listeners? It looks like they are in some kind of tropical venue, or if not, they are at a place... Which has tropical birds. I believe it's their honeymoon. Yes, they are wearing matching outfits also. They both have black t-shirts on. They seem like black t-shirt people, right? Mm-hmm. And they each have a, a parrot on their shoulder. Mm-hmm. And they just look like they're having a good time. She's such a classic beauty. Great bone structure. She's very petite. Very petite. Um, and then, yeah, he's got like a backwards cap on. Yeah. Kind of looks like tough the guy. Jersey Shore or something. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I do have... Some speculation about her, <laughs> her breast area. <laughs> so I believe she you was. You can edit this. No, no, no. I'm like, it does look like. Cause, oh, see. interesting. Joe Herman was a manager at Hooters. 
There's a lot of pictures of him with Hooters waitresses that people tried to use to like huh. slander him. He. I know that's from terrible boy. It says Joe Herman worked at Hooters. It doesn't say that Stacy ever did, but yes, she is well endowed, beautiful woman, yes. full figured lady. Absolutely, but very petite. Very very petite. Yes. Okay, so <laughs> so Stacy eventually pleads guilty. The Hangover Pub reopens with a new liquor license. One sixty six Shrewsbury Street, which we once thought cursed, yeah, becomes Mazze, which we love. Yes, I love Mazze. Um. They have a bunch of evil eyes on the wall, too, so I think that's a good sign. Yeah, they're, like, re- 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 mm-hmm. repelling? Is that a word? We're both losing our words. Repel? Is that a word? Yeah, like a repellent. Yes. <laughs> I wonder, I would like some more information. I don't know if you have any, but I am interested in her guilty plea. Was it was it part of a plea bargain, or was she just, like, trying just, like, yeah, I did, like, you know. Do we have any more information about her guilty plea? This was all supposed to take place in, like, the spring, summer of 2019. Mm -hmm. Things take longer than usual. And then COVID happened. And so her sentencing just happened in September of 2020, which is kind of what brought this back into my mind. So I'm going to read this little bit from Mass Live. It says, Stacey Gala, the former owner of restaurants in Worcester, has been sentenced to time served for conspiring with a restaurant manager to use her husband's drug proceeds to renovate and operate one of her eateries. Hmm. Gala, 29, was sentenced in September 2020 in federal court in Worcester. U.S. District Judge Timothy S. Hillman sentenced Gala to time served, which was one day in prison and three years of supervised release that will include six months of home confinement. Wow. The prosecutor said Gala could have distanced herself from her husband's lavish lifestyle, fueled by drug dealing, but instead she chose to launder cash and tried to hide it from the government. Perry wrote a letter in support of Gala, so it seems wow. like they're smoothing things out years later, where he painted her as a woman who was manipulated, overwhelmed, and vulnerable. He accused Joseph Herman, Gala's former business partner, of taking advantage of her both romantically and financially. Wow. So he had a lot so Kevin Perry had a lot of anger during this time about the whole situation and it sounds like he took whatever anger it was that he had directed at her and has reassessed yeah and figured out that like hey maybe this Joe Herman guy was pulling the strings the same way I was right maybe with some help from like you know a wonderful person I don't know. Mastermind. Counselor, I don't know. Um, if she was susceptible to Kevin Perry's manipulation, it makes sense she would be susceptible yes. to Joe Herman's. She seems to be a trusting um, woman. And I would just like to point out, dude, some quick math. If she's 29 years old, she was born the year that he first went, that Kevin first went to prison. That's right. She's very young. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you imagine if she's 29 now, she was... 25 26 like when this is happening i would not know what to do in that situation no, either you get in over your head so yeah. fast yeah absolutely you got this man pretty quickly He's got all this money offering you a you storybook think? wedding yeah. in newport you know wow and it just happened so so quick yeah the final cherry on top i guess is that this spring kevin perry's cellmate in prison got covid And so he requested early release, and it was denied because the judge said he had only served 25% of his time, and 
it just wasn't in the cards. Sheesh. What a what a wild ride that was. I know. All happening right under our noses. Yeah. The stuff. So I do remember a lot of this going down. And I remember the hangover being involved. And I didn't know how exactly. So it is very interesting to hear how that just tied in. Because I remember I was like, I was like, is it part of this or is it like and it was just tangentially yeah connected well and I will say I think the people that come across in a positive light Mike Cavino of Niche Hospitality (laughs) just um, trying to do the right thing the hangover seems like they got duped when they were opening a new concept and these guys said we have lots of money we have these two successful restaurants I would agree absolutely we'll help you it doesn't right it doesn't seem like they they asked for any of this, right? No. And I'm going to go ahead and say Stacy is a sympathetic character as well. Yeah, I mean, I have to imagine that she probably, like, yes, did launder money and get involved with this. But she probably also thought, like, you know, what was this going to get her, right? She was really young. She was probably, she's in love with this guy. She thought her life was, like, exciting. Stacy. Your life is still young, too. Exactly. So to take us out, will you describe um, this last picture of her, this most recent picture yeah. that was just taken outside the courthouse? She looks the way that celebrities do, like Paris Hilton and Lindsay Lohan look when they um, go to prison for their DUIs or go to go to court, right? She looks very, like, she looks very serious. She mm-hmm. doesn't have a lot of makeup on. Um, she's wearing glasses. Mm-hmm. She just looks very, like, modest and serious in this photo. Which um, is the contrast to the other pictures we've seen of her. Yeah. But she also looks... Remorseful is not the right word, but she looks... She looks like she's been thinking about it, or is thinking about it. Yeah, it seems maybe like a weight has been lifted off her shoulders. Mm-hmm. She's going to repent. Yeah. We'll see. And I hope you have a next chapter, Stacy. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like she definitely got the short end of the stick here as far as just, like, that relationship and her, like, hopes for whatever she thought she was going to get out of her mm-hmm. exciting new life is like, a restaurant, you know, a restaurateur. Well, that was the story of Kevin Perry. Thank you for um, coming on this wild ride. What an adventure. <laughs> Should we call it? Yeah, I enjoyed that. I've been Sarah. I've been Molly. Molly.